Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. On the surface, it may appear for the members of New Piney Grove Baptist Church that this is a year of decline, a down year in many areas of our church. You saw the tribute that we had to the uh, soldiers that already transitioned. We had more funerals this year than we had baptisms. We had more members to leave us than to unite with us. But this is not the first time that our church has gone through things of this nature, some type of decline. So my pastoral advice to all of the members of the church is just keep Treading water. Now, the art of treading water is something I learned when I was a member of the YMCA. And I know some of y'all really don't know what those letters stand for. Young Men Christian Association. It's where I learned to swim. And before I could learn to swim, I had to learn to tread water. Treading water is staying in the same place while moving your arms and your legs. The purpose of trading war is to keep you from drowning. The idea is you trade war is to keep your head above water. You see, not keeping our head, church family, above water will lead us to drown in the sea of malcontentment and the sea of discontentment. Now, there are two words that I really think I need to define. Malcontentment as a noun and an adjective, but as a noun, it's a sense of becoming greed over certain circumstances, which will result in frustration of your ambition. As an adjective, malcontent means dissatisfied with the state of affairs. And, and one of the things that I'm doing tonight is reinforcing to me what God has already told me. Because I have, in some sense, got to the point that you get frustrated in all your efforts trying to get people who are members of the church to do what they know they should do. A lot of people say, I fuss. But I fuss because people don't do what they're supposed to do. Just like my parents did me. Discontent means being disappointed with your current situation. Again, I confess to you that there have been times I have been disappointed and questioned whether I am doing something right as a leader of the church. But see, discontentment leads to constant complaining. And I found myself doing that as well. That's where the fussing come in. That In our text, the apostle Paul speaks of contentment that he learned through adversities. Now, the Greek word that Paul used here is 
autarkies, which means a calm acceptance of life's pressure. A calm acceptance of life pressure. You see, pressure can lead to stress, which is the main cause of malcontentment and discontentment. But the remedy for both is learning. It's learning to be content in all your situations. Learning to be in that calm acceptance of everything that happened. There's a spiritual contentment that Paul is talking about. And it has to be viewed through two lenses. And if you don't view your situation through these two lenses, you're going to get malcontent, discontent. You're going to become dissatisfied and frustrated. The first lens you need to view through is God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty is often manifested through some type of miracles. You heard testimonies tonight, and each one of them had to do something with some miracle. But God's sovereignty also means he's the boss. And since he's all-knowing, all-seeing, nothing that happened to you went past him. So you have to make up your mind that God is God and you ain't. And if he allowed this to happen, he must have had a reason. The other lens you have to view is God's providence. Now, providence is the maneuvering of events by God. I call it action and counteraction. Now, some of you play chess and checkers. You'll get an understanding of what providence means if, because God makes the first move. And however God moves, you react to it. And wherever you move after God moves, God's going to move another way. Because at the end, he's going to win the game. But how he wins the game depends upon your moves. So, so, somebody get that. Now, you go back to checkers. I don't know too much about chess. But I do know that when that, when that checker get down to the backside of your territory, he says, crown me. He is the king. And then when he's the king, he can move any way he wants to. So you have to view that maybe God is trying to move me in a different direction than I want to go. Contentment is not the opposite of stress. Contentment is learning how to deal with stress. It means don't allow stress to do two things. Don't let it run your life. Because if it runs your life, it will end up ruling your life. If it ends up ruling your life, it's going to end up ruining your life. Some things we worry about, we don't need to worry about as much as we do to the point we don't think life is worth living. If you're a Christian, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? You meet Jesus. But the problem with that, we got this word we call dying. And that word seems to just mess us up. But the bottom line is you're going to go through the death, the door of death, but on the other side of death is eternity. But you know what? Simply being a Christian, trying to live for Jesus, is stressful. Some of y'all not living in a stressful situation because y'all ain't trying to live for Jesus. Y'all trying to compromise. 
You see, even Jesus had to deal with stress. It's recorded that in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, my soul was troubled. And that word had to do with he's at the point of being depressed because of the situation. And even this time of year can be stressful. Shouldn't be. Celebration of the Advent, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in human flesh, ought to be a time of joy. But it can be, and for many of you it is stressful. Buying gifts and then worrying about how you're going to pay for them. And then you look back over your life over the year, and all them resolutions you made last January, you didn't do, and you're getting frustrated because you're going to make some more, and you know you ain't going to do them. The reality of it is, stress cannot be avoided. But stress can be managed. Even managing stress is not easy. But there are some things I want to share with you tonight. And if you understand these, it will keep you uh, from getting stressed out where you can manage your stress well, remember, you're going to be in those situations. How do you manage them? I got three things for you. Two are practical and one is spiritual. The first one is stress is a mental assessment, not necessarily reality. It's a mental assessment, not necessarily reality. And the example that, that I came up with through the Holy Spirit is the fact that how many kids believe there's a monster under the bed? They can't sleep, they panic, but there's really no monster under the bed, but in their mind, there's a monster there. And a lot of times that we go to adult, we go through the same thing. We're stressing out on something that ain't really real. It's a figment of our imagination. Some, some, somebody else don't told us. That's the first practical way to manage stress. The second one is stress is time-oriented. What do I mean about that? The thing that stresses you out today, you'll laugh about five years down the road. I want you to think about some of the things that happened that when it happened, you were about to panic. And now you joke about it. Keep in mind, you're going to get down the road and that thing that bothers you now ain't going to bother you then. And the third thing, the spiritual one, is God has a purpose for your stress. The Apostle Paul, life was full of things that caused him stress. But he managed his stress by first looking at God's sovereignty, then looking at God's providence, and then by looking at what stress could not do to him. And I want to employ each one of you, I don't care what situation you're in, there's something stress cannot do, and you ought to have a peace about it. Parts, Paul starts off chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians with these words. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. The Apostle Paul is speaking of sharing the gospel. There's stress with sharing the gospel. We are called to sow seeds, not to harvest the crop. Say it again. We are called to sow seeds, not to harvest the crop. Everyone will not respond to our message. 
This does not mean we have failed. So we can't give up. We just got to keep on tread more. If we give up, we drown. Paul said we do not lose heart. Why? Why don't we lose heart? Because we can only plant the seed. We can only water the soil. It's God that's going to make the seed grow. Germination is the work of the Holy Spirit and occurs below the surface. Sometimes we think we fail when we have not. Because there's some things, especially with our family members, that's growing on the inside that we can't see. You can't see what's going on under the soil. But the Holy Spirit may be working. Paul reminded his readers of a very important fact. In verse 3 of chapter 4, 2 Corinthians. And I, 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 I read from the King James because the King James brings out something that the other version don't. The other version kind of make it easy by using words like veiled and perishing. But the king, they say, but if our gospel is here, it's here for them that are lost. Those that's on their way to hell. And whom the God of this world has blinded their minds of them, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Are you listening to me? When people will rather live in darkness than live in light, they empower the devil to lead them into further darkness. The world cannot put out our light. Get that. If Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world, then the world cannot put out our light. All the world can do is move into a darker place. Our light is too bright. So they pull a blanket over their head. Some of y'all can relate to that. You're having a real good night's sleep, and somebody comes to the bedroom, turn the light on. What's the first thing you do? You try it. That's the way it is with things of the world. Some people, some of y'all work in environments where ain't nothing but darkness. And you come in there with your bright shining of God and you wonder why you're going through the hell you're going through. They're trying to put you out. They can't. So they cover themselves up with more darkness. So we don't need to stress out when people don't respond to our witness. You know what we need to do? Keep treading water. Paul lets us know that there's something that stress cannot do. Let's listen again to the words of Paul in verse 8. And I want you to notice the personal pronoun, we. I want you to ever think that whoever you're going through and sharing the gospel, trying to live for Christ, you are by yourself. You may seem like you're by yourself, but you, as the song said, you are not alone. Notice what it says. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. What's Paul saying? Stress pressed him hard, but it couldn't crush him. Stress confounded him, but it could not make him lose hope. Stress persecuted him, but it could not make him believe that God had abandoned him. Stress knocked him down, but it did not knock him out. 
I'm reminded of a fighter, I think, named Jersey Joe Walker, who uh, was fighting 15 rounds. His opponent beat him from round one to round 14. But Jersey Joe came out every time. Kept on hitting, kept on hitting. And the opponent finally just wore himself out. And all Jersey Joe did was hit him with a jab. He fell out. Couldn't knock him out. And even though he won 14 rounds, he lost the bout because he couldn't knock him out. I am telling you, if you keep treading water, you keep doing what you're supposed to do for God, your enemy ain't going to be able to do nothing but tie themselves out. And all you got to do is go. You see, sometimes God allows stress to come out of life so we won't rely upon our own human wisdom and strength. When this happens, it means that we think we have done it on our own. This is what Paul meant when he said, I can do all things through Christ, through Christ that strengthened me. Paul reminded us of this important point. It's not us. It's God. And notice what he says in our closing verse. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. These vessels right here. But the excellency of the power may be of God and not in us. And for you older saints like me, you got things that's aching that never ached before. You can't move like you used to move. And I don't care how spiritual you are and how much you pray. I'm going to tell you, these bodies are going to go down because they're earthen vessels. And God is letting all of us know it ain't in us. It's in him. Thank God for crushes. Thank God for Tylenol. Vic Sad and all them other stuff. But this is an earthen vessel. Now some of y'all laugh, but I'm going to tell you, y'all going to be saying, where the Vic Sands that one day? <laughs> Amen. See, problems in life teach us our limitation. This is God's church. This is God's ministry. And the gates of hell cannot prevail. We just got to keep treading more. Problem of life also teach us to be patient. We learn to wait on God. And while we wait, we just keep treading more. You see, without the pressure, without the stress, and without the problem, we'll end up getting high-minded. We'll start smelling ourselves. Yes, Brother Chairman, we may be going through it now. We may be in the midst of a stormy sea, but until God throws us a life, boy, we'll just keep treading water. Two things with two songs. We already sung one. 
we've got to remember we are not alone. And there's another song that the service sings sometimes. Lean on me. Lean on me. I won't let you fall if you lean on me. And God is telling New Pine Road tonight, lean on him. I won't let you fall if you keep treading water. Amen. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.